Welcome to another episode of Frontline Magic Podcast. In this episode, we are talking to Brian Clayton, founder of the app Greenpulp, easiest described as the Uber app for lawnmowing. Brian used to move lawns for a living before he came up with the idea of starting Greenpulp. In this episode, he shared the importance of goal setting and staying connected to the customer every day. He also shares some of his favorite quotes from some of the people he looked into as search and inspiration from. Tag along as we uncover the secrets of great customer experience. Welcome, Brian. I'm really pleased to have you on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Great to be here. How do you best connect your people that you have in the organization to your purpose? So for us, I think you have to rally everybody around one why. Like, why are we here? Why does it matter? If we didn't show up today, would anybody care? And you have to really kind of galvanize everybody around that one idea. The reason why we exist is to help small business owners that make a living in the lawn mowing industry grow their business as much faster than they could and really give them access to the American dream, so to speak. We're like a business in a box for them. So we've got Tons and tons of stories of people like, oh, thank you, Green Pal enabled me to save my house out of foreclosure or put a kid through college or buy a new truck and trailer. And that's a lot of fun. That's really why we do what we do. One of the things that we do for every new recruit, doesn't matter if they're an engineer or customer service, whatever, they have to do a ride along in the truck with somebody cutting grass so they can get the firsthand experience as to why we're doing this. And so that's uh, that's kind of like uh, something that galvanizes us as, as a team. We're all we all believe in the same things as to why our mission is important. Do you have any daily habits that connect your people to the purpose? The way we do that is everybody that works in the business has to do at least thirty minutes a day of customer support. And so what that does is is it closes the gap between customer logic and company logic. So a lot of times when you're running a business, there's this big gap that that opens up between what the customer wants and thinks and what the company uh, thinks they want. And so if you're always like doing customer support, no matter if you're the CEO or the chief of marketing or you're like, or whatever, you're never losing sight of the fact of what's important and, and, and where you're letting people down. And that's something that kind of keeps us focused and keeps every person on the team focused. With everybody in the company constantly doing customer support, there's never really a disconnect between our customer support agents and our CTO or me as a CEO and and what people are doing in customer support. Just the simple uh, exercise of going through that empowers customer support agents because there's always empathy for what they're doing. And there, so we have got we have routines and processes and, and guide rails for them to stay in. But for the most part, we let them do what they need to do to handle people's problems. And I, I think like one of my favorite Tony Robbins quotes, he says, if you can help other people be successful, you will be successful. That's really how we've built this business. Only mm-hmm. when the contractors that use our platform win, does the Green Pal platform win and prosper. Amazing. So do you have some stories some memories that you could refer back to our examples that that really made you proud when in the early days we uh one of uh, the first actually the, the first support agent we ever hired came up with an idea to try to, to to develop a personal connection with the homeowners using the platform and and what she noticed was people were 
putting in like the details box about their lawn mowing service needs that they had a pet, that they had a dog or a cat. And so she said, you know, it'd be kind of funny. Like, what if we sent like them a dog bone or something like that to see what happens? And so she started doing that. And we were sending like five or 10 dog bone gift packages out a week. And it was like a dollar five dollars to make it happen just from that one little thing we started seeing like facebook posts and us being tagged in them yelp reviews instagram posts about hey thank you green pal for sending scruffy a, a bone it was just a little thing that that we we, we did like the first four or five years running the business that kind of enabled us to, to develop a personal relationship with the homeowners using our platform and that enabled us to to have a, a relationship with them so that was something that that really impressed me with one of the people that work on the team is like, let them come to you with ideas, let them come to you and then and act on them. Don't just say, Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Don't do anything. Like if it's a good yeah. idea, implement it. Cause that rewards people to be thinking along those lines. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that doesn't cost much, but yeah. you make it so personal and you get really a good connection to the customer as well. To keep them that's coming right. back. Do you guys have anything except sending dog bones to people that you do to create a great customer service? Yeah, we have a, a, I guess, a mantra that anybody that needs to speak with us gets talked to within less than a minute. Like, we don't want to keep people waiting around. It's something that we feel like is important that if they're in the app or they're, they're on the phone, they need to be able to get to us within 60 seconds. And, and we live and die by that. We don't like to keep mm-hmm. people waiting. And it, for a couple of reasons, one, it's just good customer service, but two, the customer voice is like our R and D department. It's how we know what we're supposed to be working on. It's how we know if what we're doing is, is effective or not. And I've been running this business for eight years. My team and I have never been at a loss for what we're supposed to be doing. A lot of times you, you think you're making gambles and be making bets, but because we've always made it really dead simple for anybody that uses our products to talk to us, we're always very sure and certain what the next three or four things we need to be working on. Just removing all of the friction that exists between you and your customer in terms of how they communicate with you is something that's worked for us. And, and we take pride in that. In the fact that on average, you can speak to somebody instantly or less than a minute. And that's as we continue to scale, we're going to continue to maintain that standard. One of my favorite Jeff Bezos quotes is he says, like, the thing he loves about the customer is that they're always discontent. No matter what, like today's innovation and today's delivery of, of new value is like is old news in, in a year. And so it's like the customer is always discontent. You're always having to look for ways to innovate in your business to, to, to deliver a better, more valuable experience to them. And that's how we look at it. We, we're almost paranoid about it. And how do you how do you do that? How do you make sure that you, do you stay ahead and keep innovating? Yeah. First off, we listen to our customers, right? If, if they're upset, we know about it. If they're not using the product, we know about it. We look at their, their passive indicators in terms of like abandonment and also their, their expressive like feedback. Like we know, and we pay attention to that stuff and we, we live and die by it. And so if you're not delivering enough value, you understand that really quickly. And then the other thing is just focusing on a few things, and then like the Japanese methodology of Kaizen, continuous improvement on those few things. We have spent eight years on just one thing, making lawn mowing super easy, cheaper, faster, quicker, more reliable, and not getting sidetracked doing a bunch of different things, particularly in a startup. Like You really are, just need to be the best in the world at one thing, and that's our philosophy. We have just 
always looked at how do we get the price just a little bit better? How do we get the quotes to come in a little bit faster? How, 98% of the time, the service provider shows up on the day they're supposed to. How do we get that to 99? Just relentlessly focusing on the one thing that we do better than anybody and making it better rather than trying to be like the Uber for home cleaning or something else that we're not good at. We just focus on being better at what we're already doing. Mm. Do you have any habits that you have on a daily basis that is supporting that and how to be better? Or how do you create those habits so, so they last? Yeah, habits within the organization to drive continuous improvement. But you have to have goals. Without a goal, for us, holding ourselves accountable to hitting those goals and not necessarily like the goal is the output metric, but also what are the input metrics? Like what are the things that we have to do to get to that goal? What are the actual like things that every team member needs to be doing? And we measure that stuff. So every week we have a, a standup and everybody's going to be talking about, okay, this is the output metric we're working against. And then what are the input metrics that you're going to do on a daily basis to get there Uh, we measure those things. We measure the inputs to uh, on how to get to the outputs. And just that kind of that routine is how you, like Jim Collins calls it the 20-mile march. You're just constantly marching your way towards the goal. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about how it is to run a business of 150 people or as now um, 50 employees, you know. What's, what's some of the biggest learnings that you've done along the way? As a founder, as a CEO, as an owner of a business, you got to be good at a lot of different things. You got to know a little bit of all this stuff. And, and the other thing you got you to really be good at at the same time is management and leadership. And so those are two different things. A lot of times they get conflated and, and management is doing things well and efficiently. Leadership is knowing the right things to do and leading the team to do those And so I've made every mistake in the book that you can make as a leader. You know, there's only so many hours in the week that you have, and you're going to have to spend and allocate enough time during that week to, to, to invest in yourself, to become a good leader, to be reading every book that Jim Collins ever wrote or, or watching stuff on YouTube or going to conferences. Like you're, I had to go through the process of discovering that I sucked as a leader and trying to reinvent myself over a three, four year period of time. That's just going to that uh, conclusion as well. It must have been a journey. Yeah, it was a journey, but it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And yeah. I think if you're doing business well, you're growing, you should completely evolve as a new person every three to five years. That's one of the beautiful things about business is that it causes you to level up. It causes you to grow. It's going to require that of you as the founder, as the leader. And that's one of the beautiful things I love about it. Does your business have a handbook or any tools to deliver a great customer experience? Yes, you have to go through those processes and 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 create those things, right? You have to create those systems. You have to create those routines. You have to create that evidence, but that's not enough. Most of the time, managers and founders will create this stuff and it gets put on a shelf and then nobody revisits it. You have to live it. You have to live it and you have to put it into practice and you have to really embody whatever it is that is in those books. And you also have to distill it down to a couple of things that matter that are actionable. For us, like 60 seconds or less, somebody gets a response. Like that's something something everybody understands that the customer is the most important thing, that we focus on that, we measure it. Yeah, sure, it's in the handbook. The processes and routines are documented in the handbook. That stuff needs to be done. 
but it almost doesn't matter if you're not if you're not like embodying it and you're not constantly reiterating it in terms of how you manage the team and that's really what we focus on is what do we talk about what is the evidence of our actions it's like it's not necessarily values it's virtues values are like written on a whiteboard virtues are things that you do and so the things that we do are really what we focus on and how we lead and manage the team do you do anything for your vendors to recognize their achievements yeah yeah we have we have spent a lot of time uh gamifying the vendor side of the platform in terms of okay you show up and and complete your clients properties over 80 percent of the time and so now you've unlocked this new level and this badge and so now alongside your bids you have this elite badge and you get the opportunity to quote about 10 minutes earlier before anybody else does. And so that's just one example of, hey, you're reliable, you're showing up on time, we measure it, we noticed it, now you're promoted within the platform and we help you even grow your business even more. So you kind of this flywheel effect takes hold. That's something that we're always looking at. It's like recognizing the vendors that are that care about their business, that are doing a great job for their clients and promoting those. And then naturally de- demoting and even expelling the ones that just don't do a good job because that's yeah. really what our platform's job is. Yeah. So if your company want to create a better experience for the customers, what is one simple thing that they can start with today to create a long-term difference? Particularly if you're getting started or almost at any level, make it as easy as possible for your customer to communicate with you. I I do coaching and mentoring for business owners and where I live in Nashville. And, you know, I was talking to a guy the other day. He's like, put your cell number on on the email signature, like the transactional email. You really need to make it as simple and frictionless as possible for customers to talk to you. And that will solve about 90% of your problems. The reality is, though, most, most business owners are resident customer feedback because usually it's unpleasant. But it's yeah. not happening to you as the founder. It's happening for you. And if you can reframe it and use it as like a free R&D department, that's kind of how we look at it. That's something day one, any business, any industry can make it dead simple for their customers to, to speak to somebody who can take action on it that anybody can do. And it, and, you know, after a year or five years of that, it'll completely reinvent your business. Yeah. Great advice. <laughs> so when you were running your lawn mowing business, do you have any advice that you could give to really empower the people in the front line who's delivering yeah. the service? You have to align the incentives to make it to where they want to do a good job uh, because they want to do it. I mean, that's really what leadership is, guiding people to do things for the benefit of the company because they want to do it. And one way I did that in that business was to, to, to incentivize them. If we kept this many customers on a monthly basis, we would all get a bonus. If we uh, hit our numbers every day in terms of production, they would share in the profit. And so really taking the time to think high leverage and develop those incentive plans to, to where people want to do a good job because they want to do it. And, and a lot of times it's like their pay is kind of hinged on it, I think can take care of a lot of problems rather than just paying somebody $20 an hour, really look at okay, how can I make it to where if they bust it and do a great job and care about doing a great job, they can make $50 an hour or a hundred, you know? And so that's one thing that I spent a long time in that business kind of architecting. Great. That was all the questions that I had. There's anything else you want to add or 
<laughs> you know, anybody listening to this in the United States that wants to get their grass cut, just download Green Pal in the App Store and get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service. Anybody who wants to reach me, you can hit me up on Instagram, Brian M. Clayton. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. It's really lovely chatting with you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Frontline Medic Podcast, brought to you by Ask Nicely. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please give it a five-star rating. And remember to visit frontlinemedic.org and sign up to our community for free. Frontline Magic Community is there to help you bring out the best in your frontline staff. You can access tools, frameworks, inspirational stories that will help you create a great customer experience at the frontline. Visit frontlinemedic.org to learn more.